With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Signing day is Wednesday, and Michigan will closely have its eyes on a pair of prospects hoping to add to its 2023 class. Jim Harbaugh also has finalized his staff with the addition of a new quarterbacks coach, plus a wild weekend of Michigan hockey, all on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Aaron, good to be with you, and as you heard in the intro, no Andrew on today's podcast, and with the men's basketball team losing 200 to six on Sunday, or I mean, at least that's what it felt like in their with their effort against Penn State. I mean, I don't think there's much of a need to talk hoops today. No, I guess when the coach comes out afterwards and blames himself and blames preparation, uh, I don't think you know we should really care much, right? Now that they're not playing really well right now, uh, they're certainly on the outside looking in when it comes in say tournament bubble. Um, team's got a lot of work to do and, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's been, I guess, the story of the season. So, uh, yeah, not, not a ton of, I guess, harp on there. <laughs> no, there is not, but I mean, it, it, the Michigan is coming <laughs> off another huge recruiting weekend with its second junior day of the month. But the big storyline right now is the February signing period, which is Wednesday. And I mean, we've talked ad nauseum this year about how the Wolverines have failed to land a top 100 recruit in the 2023 class. But that could potentially change tomorrow when when Nicholas Harbor, a five star athlete from uh, from Washington D.C., makes his decision, and it's a uh, it's a recruitment I think could go a variety of ways. It feels like this is actually one where there's going to be drama on signing day when it, when he makes his decision on ESPN. I think at one p.m. I mean Michigan is right in the mix, but there's also four other teams right there too. I mean he just took a, a visit to Oregon this past weekend. I, uh, I mean, he's a guy that wants to compete in the 2024 Olympics uh, in, in track. And I mean, Oregon has some of the top track facilities in the country. I mean, obviously, Phil Knight and Nike ties, but that's a long way away from home in, in Washington, D.C. And there's I mean, South Carolina has pushed really hard for him. They're right, right in the mix. Miami's come in hot. Um What's the other story? Yeah, Michigan, uh, Jim Harbaugh and, and a few coaches just visited him last week and, and made their final push. Um, so there's there's some uh, uh, there's some contenders here, and it's he's kind of like a unicorn prospect. Just a freak athlete can play in multiple positions. I think Michigan is is kind of leaning towards playing him on the offensive side of the ball, uh, but I mean he could go in and and, and and be an edge guy for for any team and and be a great player at that position too. So. I, a lot of eyes will be on that recruitment tomorrow. 
Yeah, he's going to be a. I mean, the, the main event tomorrow, right? Everyone's going to be paying attention. I, I got to think his decision to come down like what he wants, right? Like, does he want? I clearly he wants to do track and football, so I, I think that's where Oregon probably has the lead there. And then if you're if you're if he's seriously weighing NIL money and NIL opportunities, again, I think that's another check mark for Oregon. I'm sure Miami comes into play there. <laughs> My, but, Miami's been known to to throw out some NIL dollars. Yeah, and, and you mentioned staying close to home. I think South Carolina, I think Maryland's other school in the mix. I, yeah, I think they there's a reason they're they're in the they're they're in too. So Michigan's kind of in this weird spot where they're like they're not close to home. NIL isn't really a thing for them. Um, they do have a track program. I mean, it's, it's not great, but it it, it, it is Michigan. And it's a track program, and you, and you got the success on the on the field with football. So. And I, academics I think, as well. Academics, yeah, academics as well. That's that is one thing Michigan does have in its favor. Yes, yes. So it, I think it's a come down to really at the end of the day what he wants. I think he can get all three at most of these places. Um, maybe more more of some at others. Um, but again, it's probably going to come down to what Michigan sold him, the opportunities he would have on the field. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a he's a he's a really going to be a really good player. I mean, he's he's. One of the top guys in the class, five-star guy. I mean, some people are saying he's maybe one of the best players to come out of high school in the last like decade or something. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I'm not I'm not I, I don't think the ball is in Michigan's favor at this point. Nonetheless, I mean, it sounds like he's kind of keeping things close to the vest. So I don't know if he necessarily knows, or maybe he does, and he's just keeping it. He's just not saying anything. But I, I don't think any schools really know either. So it's gonna be a fascinating, uh, true like I think decision come uh, come Wednesday. It is pretty wild how, like, this day and age, how NIL can just completely change recruitments. I mean, you look at his finalist list. I mean, South Carolina, Maryland, and Miami, none of them really lit it up on the field last year, but they're all right there in contention because of uh, NIL and, and even track opportunities. I know Maryland uh, has has a lot of Under Armour ties and with uh, the owner of Under Armour there, and they're kind of making that pitch to him, too. Like You could be, like, the face of Under Armour and – uh, and and get some nil opportunities in that way. So yeah, I mean, people are are rolling out the red carpet to try and land him, and and Michigan will definitely be hoping to do so because, like we said, I mean, it's a class that ranks outside the top fifteen, um, zero top one hundred prospects, and not many guys that are are probably instant impact guys. And 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 maybe Harbor might not be either. I mean, he I think his early on his priority is is training for the twenty twenty four Olympics. So it, it might be a, a thing where, hey, maybe he, he red shirts his freshman year and, and works on his body for track. And then then after that kind of gets gets into the football shape and, and wherever they play him, then then maybe he'll uh, he'll ramp up there. But, yeah, obviously a, a huge recruitment. And but that's not the only guy that, that Michigan's kind of making a run at here in the 2023 class. Uh, Cameron Brandt. We talked about him a little bit. I know Andrew and I did last podcast, the guy that's been committed to Stanford. Um, since July, three-star defensive lineman from California. And it really seemed like after he took an official visit to Michigan a couple weekends ago that all the momentum was in the Wolverines' favor. I'm, I'm like, all right, yeah, this, he was expected to maybe make his decision this past weekend and announce that he's he's where he's going. But it's been all quiet on that front. And I'm thinking with this, the, the latest hardball, Denver Broncos rumor maybe has him second guessing a little bit and maybe he'll potentially stay at Stanford now, but that's another, another recruitment to watch on Wednesday. 
Yeah, I mean, defensive line, I guess, corner, probably two areas of need right now with this team. So, yeah, I think any help they can get on those, on that side of the ball, it would be good. Um, yeah, the, the latest hardball thing, I, I don't know what to make of it because we don't really know, like, a timeline of when exactly that meeting happened. So, but, yeah, I got to think it's, it's probably not helping matters. Um, the more Jim Harbaugh's name is in the news for other reasons other than Michigan, probably not good. Um, but, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. Right. And then, I mean, a new quarterback's coach has been named, and it's kind of a guy that we we discussed, and, and it does make a lot of sense that they kind of stayed in house, in house with elevating uh, Kirk Campbell, an offensive analyst, to that, that quarterback's coach position. Uh, what, what was your reaction to that, and, and how maybe surprised are you that they went in that direction? Yeah, not really surprised. I think we talked touched on it last week that if Jim wasn't going to go outside a house and bring in like a splashy big name like a Greg Roman or someone of that magnitude, you probably want to keep it, you know, to someone relatively familiar with the program. And I think for Campbell's a good guy. Um, you know, we heard his name quite a bit last year, especially toward the end of it. Um, especially out of Matt Weiss's mom. Uh, they they praised him quite a bit for the job he kind of did behind the scenes. And that's the thing, too, with analysts, because he was off at the analysts for, for the 2022 season. Like, these guys aren't really well known. A lot of them, they kind of fly under the radar. We don't just, we don't talk to them for interviews. We don't, they, don't, they don't deal with the public a whole lot. Um, they're really just watching tape, participating in meetings, and kind of doing behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but it, it sounds like Kirk was re- really involved in the offense last year. I think Matt and, and some degree Sharon turned to him quite a bit for stuff. Um, he was in a way doing a lot of grunt work, you know, back in the day, coaches were, were doing everything, watching film, recruiting, coaching, all the, all the like, and look, they all still do that type of stuff. But now with these schools, having these teams of analysts, they're doing a lot of the, the, the grunt work, the film watching, the film breakdowns, the scouting and everything else. So, um, he certainly got a resume. Uh, he was an analyst at, at Penn state from 2017 to 19 under James Franklin. Uh, he worked a year with Joe Moorhead there. Uh, then he went to Old Dominion and became their offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for a couple of years. Things didn't really work out really great there. So he's worked under some good guys, some good good names. Uh, he's gotten experience calling plays and, and kind of running an offense. And now he's he's in, entering year two in the Michigan program under Jim Harbaugh and kind of you know seeing how Michigan's offense runs. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it sounds like the players really liked him. Uh, he probably would have been a first choice for some of these guys. Uh, so it, it was, you know, it was the appropriate move. I, it wasn't certainly not that splashy hire that's going to go out and draw headlines and and, and garner Michigan or Jim Harbaugh some praise. But I think if you're looking to keep the engine on or the train on the tracks and the engine going, uh, you know, Campbell made, made a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, he's not only does he have to get up to speed with <laughs> with the current quarterbacks, but yeah, he's hitting the recruiting trail hard already. And as we know, I mean, Jaden Davis has been five-star quarterback from North Carolina, has been their top guy now in the 2024 class for for a long, long time. And, and he's got to really try and develop and build that relationship quickly because I mean that I mean, Michigan once again seems to be putting most of its most of its quarterback eggs in that basket for the 2024 class. And there's even more of a need to land a high profile guy at that position next cycle. So it looks like uh, uh, Campbell's already connected with the Davis family and has spoken with Jaden and his father. Um, so we'll, we'll see how quickly that they can develop that relationship and see if they can get hit, uh, get Davis on board. Because I mean, not only is he an important recruit to land, but you would like to get him in the fold sooner rather than later. 
so you can build around him. I mean, Michigan didn't have any guys they could build around in the 2023 class. Davis would be able to do that, um, especially with with some of the talent they've, they've brought in on these junior days. I mean, they're going to need a high-level running back or two. They're going to maybe need some more receivers. They're going to need uh, some, some higher-ranked plug-and-play guys for in 2024 because of all, all the pending departures in 2023. There's still the transfer portal, but you don't like to rely on that every year. You don't know how that's always going to work out. So it's going to be a monumental recruiting cycle for Michigan, and, and Davis is, is at the head there. Yeah, Campbell's going to have to come in and make you know make an impact right away. I mean, I mentioned analysts aren't really heavily involved in recruiting. Uh, they can help on like when camp when recruits come to campus, but they can't actively go on the road and, and do anything. Now he's able to do all that stuff, so he's going to have to hit the ground running. Um, as I mentioned, he was at Old Dominion for a couple years, so he knows the lay of the land. But right. it's it's the one thing going from Old Dominion to, to the Big Ten and specifically <laughs> Michigan recruiting. It's a different beast. So his uh his plate is full. Um obviously he'll probably get some help. I mean, Michigan's got some got some really good recruiters on staff, especially the offensive side of the ball with with, with Sharon Moore and, and Mike Hart. So the, the the one question I guess with with Campbell left is or you know, being promoted is what happens with the coordinator position because when Campbell was Elevated on Friday, he was he was you know just spelled out of being the quarterbacks coach, but no coordinator role. So we're waiting to see what happens there. My, my assumption is Sharon Moore is going to get the the full time job. I'll probably be calling now. It won't surprise me either if someone else gets a title, whether it's maybe Mike Hart uh, as co coordinator or something to that effect. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be Sharon Moore's show going forward. Obviously, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh will weigh in on occasion, but. I, I think the days of maybe the two play caller system, you know, the last the last couple, last year might might be over. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think you need to force that. I mean, there's plenty of schools <laughs> that don't have dual or co offensive coordinators. Yeah. Like it's not abnormal to have a one guy running the show. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jerome Moore has shown that he can be that guy. He's been, I mean, he's one of the longest tenured guys on staff at this point, and, and you've seen the praise he's received not just at Michigan but throughout college football. So. Um, he's probably going to be a head coach one day. He's he's a smart guy, and uh, yeah, I think he's definitely more than capable of, of handling the the sole offensive coordinator duties. But I mean, it is Jim Harbaugh. You never know sometimes which which way he's leaning and where he might go. But yeah, like, ra- wrapping up this this podcast. I mean, yeah, it was uh, talked a little bit ho- of hockey here, and and oh my gosh, what uh, a crazy weekend at, at Yost Ice Arena. Uh, Michigan earned its first sweep in Big Ten play of the year, uh, winning seven to three on Friday and five to four on Saturday. And uh, it's quite—I mean, on Friday, you, in the talking to players and coaches after the game, you would have thought that they lost seven to three with with how poorly they played. And um, but they just happened to be very opportunistic and, and take took advantage of their shot opportunities and scoring chances and Eric Portillo absolutely stood on his head and goal for Michigan uh, made 51 saves a career high. I mean, Penn state was just coming in waves. I mean, they had grade a chance after grade a chance and yeah, Michigan got, got basically outplayed from uh, start to finish, but they, they scored on their first two shots and, and were able to hold on to that lead and, 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 and kind of add on to it late. But yeah, there was not a lot of happy people inside that locker room about their performance and then they come out Saturday and give up two goals in the first 44 seconds. Penn State is just swarming them right from the puck drop. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be a blowout. And then Mission settled down a little bit, and, and they appeared to 
get within one in the second period, but they had a, uh, after a review, their goal was called back. And then they were also given a five minute major penalty uh, because of the legal contact to the head. So not only did they get the goal, goal, goal called back, they went on a five minute penalty kill, gave up a goal to make it three to nothing. It's like, all right, well, Penn state's been the better team. Uh, I mean, they're up three to nothing. It, It looks like this one's pretty much over. Then Luke Hughes, the the standout defenseman for Michigan, the number four overall draft pick last year, absolutely took over. Um, had an unreal shot for, for the first goal of, of the game to make it three to one in the second period. Blasted a one timer to make it three to two just before the end of the second period. And now it's all of a sudden it's a three to two game. It's like oh my god, is Michigan's right back in it? And when they you thought they were out of it. They give up a goal midway through the, the third period, too, to make it four to two. And it's like, all right. I mean, there's no way they're coming back. And I think the the momentum swinger here was an awful goal that the Penn State goalie gave up. Luke Hughes just kind of fired a, a innocent wrist shot from the point that somehow squeaked through. And, I mean, the crowd just went in nuts after that goal. And Michigan took over after that. Breakaway goal from Dylan Duke ties the game. And then Luke Hughes is fourth. Fourth freaking goal of the game, a laser beam, top shelf. Um, it's, the crowd went insane. It's like, wow, it's what a comeback. And they're able to hold on for a five to four win. And um, yeah, pretty big, not just for a, just for a win, but I mean, in the Big Ten standings, they're now moving up to fifth, but they're only two or three points back of second place. They're number four in the pairwise rankings now. So they're in contention for a number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, despite everything that they've had to go through this year. So just a, a wild weekend at, at Yost Ice Arena. I, I know you don't cover every hockey game, but I got to think Saturday was probably one of the more memorable games, Michigan hockey games you probably covered, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it just, be, I mean, it's a top 10 showdown. Uh, I mean, this Michigan team isn't as talented and there isn't as experienced as last year. So, I mean, they, they've, they've just been very inconsistent. They played good one one game of a weekend and kind of lay a stinker the other. So it's, they haven't really put together many strong performances. They were without two of their best guys heading into the weekend. And then in the third period on, on uh, Saturday, they lose another one of their top defensemen. So they're down to six defensemen. And so it's like, all right. I mean, you would think, oh yeah, some teams, a young team could, could fold, especially against a, a, a very talented Penn state team, but no, they, they stuck with it and, and came out with a win and, was uh yeah was planning on writing a few more things uh about the team this week and then they announced that they're closing all available there, there's no availability this week so who didn't really get a reason why besides that the, the team needs a break so i mean there's a lot going on it seems like inside the locker room with i don't know if it's injuries or whatnot but um so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but they have a Another winnable series coming up this weekend against Wisconsin at home. Wisconsin, by far the worst team in the Big Ten. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what their the lineup looks like when it, when it comes out on Saturday or Friday and Saturday. But still, no matter who they have in there, it, it should it, Michigan should be expecting a, a sweep against the Badgers. Well, that will do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you again soon.